Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cornering the Market from Collector's Corner. Today is Wednesday, December 6th. It's going to be Thursday the 7th by the time this comes out. Recording a day early as I'm going to be out of town. As always, joined by my great friend, co-host, Jared. How are you doing today, Jared? Living the dream. Uh, just really grinding out, setting up 8 nap art. And uh, for 2024, if you're an artist and you have any interest, reach out to me. And uh, just executing on a plan for 8 nap the fun, man. It's um, it's exciting times, man. I, I'm really, really optimistic, but I know we'll get into that during the uh, during the sentiment check. A lot of reasons to be optimistic. Jared is the founder of both the 8NAP art platform and the 8NAP fund, as shown here on screen. This is his Twitter. Give him a shout. A couple other housekeeping things. This is my Twitter, at Aston Cloud. Also created a Collector's Corner premium service. We have a Discord. I create exclusive content for that, focused on serious collectors and investors in digital art and we are catching all the hot stuff it's been a lot of fun if you're interested limited time only through the end of the year i'm giving a free month trial so if you sign up in 2023 you'll get a free month if not then no more free months but check it out see if you like it you can stay for a month and leave no problem at all we'll not hold it against you that's collector's corner premium and here is our twitter give us a follow at collectors underscore xyz really appreciate that and for people listening on audio this is going to be on video for those on video we have a podcast as well and a newsletter substack newsletter if you prefer to read the content and as always none of this is financial advice so let's jump in a lot going on in the market what's the vibe check jared what's the sentiment out there so I'm cautiously optimistic, and I hate to be saying that for the last two months, but uh, you know we saw, and we'll talk about this later, Flamingo come in and deploy a significant amount of capital. So there's enthusiasm there. You know, a lot of uh, job or jobs, a lot of projects. You know, getting some attention. I think much needed attention. Obviously, people going to Art Basel uh, in Miami this week. So I think there's a lot of enthusiasm. You know, I'm I'm very enthusiastic also, just looking to see if that is sustained long term. But, you know, with ETH ripping, with Bitcoin ripping, you know, these imminent forward looking uh, ideas of the ETF coming, it feels optimistic. I mean, I have my price targets for for some price action in the near future, and it's all higher, honestly. Again, like you said, not financial advice. So I think people are looking at this positively and just waiting for for that catalyst to to rip and all of us to become hypothetically uh jpeg millionaires well that would be nice and that is the goal for a lot of folks and i second everything you're saying here uh the sentiment is generally good as you know most people have exposure to at least bitcoin or ethereum if not altcoins. And the art markets haven't really started moving yet, as evidenced by your point. We saw some sweeps, but there still feels to be a little bit of caution in the art market. But overall, everyone is happy uh, because, I mean, yeah, it's there's just excitement in the air. It's been 
it's been a long bear market. It's really nice to see that it's done. And I think the last few folks who are unsure are starting to become sure that it is over. So excited to see how that translates into the art market going forward. And I've been saying this for a year or 10 months. Okay. I was only 10 months off, but it's finally here. Um, how, and speaking of the art market, like what are you seeing over there uh, the past week, Jared? A couple highlights from the Ethereum side. Uh, you have four Fidenza sales, one of which I thought was like, I, I love it's it's rare, but a rose palette. It's one that I've always had my eye on sold for, I think like 58 realm, four ringers, some really beautiful ones. I was encouraged to see 11 Meridians move. Obviously, I think uh, helped by Flamingo. Uh, you saw 20 cargos starting to, to move. So overall, uh, I'm really encouraged. The winds of Yawanawa volume up from last week. And then, I mean, there's too many to name here, but just let's talk high level that flamingo sweep i mean screens by thomas oh, Peterson. So, so hold on save it save it it's one oh, of our new oh. stories perfect yeah we'll, we'll get into that later because i got a whole list of things so to speak about that but yeah i mean i i think it was interesting where they deployed their capital and then how the market reacted to that which i'll talk about later on but you know overall really encouraged and it was cool to see you know some of the higher end buys yeah, absolutely. And I think even you know, outside of the Flamingo Dow sweep, we saw some collections moving, right? We saw Corona Photograph by Def Beef get a few sales jump up. We saw Interwoven by Emily Shia get a few sales. We already saw movement in Life in West America, the new release views by Delta Sauce. So it's it's pretty active. I you know, one takeaway for me is that it's not active on the super high end, at least not on chain. Seems like there's been some quiet deals being done. A rare squiggle, number five, traded hands. It feels like a long time ago, but I think that was just within the last couple of weeks. X copies moving. So we're seeing some stuff, but not a ton of you know, real movement, I would say, above the 10 Ether level. Uh, that's my takeaway, which again, it falls in line with the market being cautiously optimistic. On the FX hash side... Uh, really still not a ton of movement. It's a little bit better than it has been seeing some of the seven day volumes uh, be above, you know, at least a, a thousand Tezos here, but it does not feel like much has moved there. And that makes sense. We'll talk about this in the news stories as FX hash 2.0 was due to launch, got delayed. And I think a lot of artists have been saving up for that event. Uh, but you know, overall, it does seem like some liquidity has started to flow, especially in select pockets. We saw a dragon sale um, floor jumped up there at 4,500 and monogrids have been moving as has all things Kim Asendorf. So encouraging signs, but nothing major, I would say, on the FX hash side. How about squiggles, Jared? The squiggles on the opposite end of the spectrum are a little bit encouraging. You're seeing 316 Ethan seven-day volume versus 271 uh two weeks ago both above the kind of general line in the sand that i have of 250 however you're seeing a slow leak down of the floor price which i'll touch on in a little bit floor price is at 9.1 versus 9.4 two weeks ago and 34 sales over the last seven days so you know i'm i'm really encouraged it seems to be holding up you know even in 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 lieu of that the eth starting to rip up 10 percent mm -hmm. Some highlights this week is a color spread 10 sold for 10.3, which was like incredible. 
Uh, and there's another one at 12.6 uh, color spread 10. That is, there's a cool pipe at 9.5 and then a fuzzy if you're into the fuzzies uh at 11.58 so the that, i would say that's a fairly lower sale than than most you know a couple observations um a lot more wheat sales in the eights than than we've typically seen but i guess that's to be expected with the floor price uh bleeding out to 9.1 you know, and then I got really curious because one thing that I observed is that there's a really, really thick floor right now uh, from 9.1 to 10. You know, and you had one seller with 19 sales in the last month and they have 142 left. So, you know, I, I do think that that to me is actually a good sign. You know, that the one of the bigger concerns for this collection is people worry about the concentration. And I think as they're starting to to get dispersed amongst collectors and not really affect the floor in a substantial fashion, it's encouraging, right? The other one that I noticed is four of them moved from the Starry Night wallet to Sotheby's. So if you're in the market for a low color spread, that's pretty beautiful. Be on the lookout for that. And then just a highlight for Squiggles, you know, on the, the NFT Fi side of things, a 100K USDC loan was just given against a hyper I think that's pretty amazing to think that uh, you know people are a willing to loan in USDC and b at such high amounts. It just it shows the the staying power of the squiggle. It shows the 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 collateral and the belief in that collateral overall. So a little bit rambly today, but just encourage overall, man. Like the this is good. This is good, and I look forward to seeing what sort of price action the future holds. Not rambling at all. That was fantastic analysis. And uh, I think a lot of interesting things happening and showing what, you know, how people are thinking about it. So that was awesome. Looking forward to seeing how squiggles move as well. I've noticed in the recent days an, an absence of movement in squiggles. But as it seems this market tends to work, I do think we'll see a rotation there. It seems to be just kind of a rotational market in general. Yeah, I mean, what I will say is the the, I mean, you know me, I love the squiggle, I love charting, and I mean that, even though like things are leaking down in ETH terms, it's bumping up against that twenty k line in the sand, which seems to be a been like traditional resistance. So with ETH going up, you know, I I really see when this thing breaks, I could see some sort of explosive upside. Again, not financial advice, not saying it happens, but. I mean, for the la the better part of the last year or two, this 20K USD line in the sand has been, you know, it's been fairly resistant. So I'm excited to see what happens, man. Likewise, likewise. I'm also excited to see what happens with friendship bracelets. So friendship bracelets have maintained, you know, they've been at this floor price of 0 0.08 for quite some time. I mean, not quite six months and... But really, it seems to have bottomed around 0 0.075 a month or so ago and has held up around here, even with ETH going up. Continues to have some good volume with 237 sales in the last seven-day period compared to 93 the last time we checked. And that led to 13 ETH in volume compared to nine. So nothing crazy, but the number of sales is is quite high still. And listings are pretty flat at 13.08, as is the floor price compared to couple of weeks ago when we last checked. So nothing major here, but I do think it's notable for any collection to maintain 
uh, at least in while we're seeing the price of Ethereum run up. So I'm intrigued to see where these goes. This goes because I I am still, you know, seeing this as a very unique collection, and it continues to mirror the broader liquidity in certainly the art blocks ecosystem, but to some extent in the broader or let's call it high end gen art ecosystem. So. It's a quick friendship for us to update. No major takeaways for me here other than it's held up. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens when we see a rotation. So hit some release recaps. Big one that came out just last week. Braindrops latest released. Views by Delta Sauce. As is always the case with Braindrops, the day zero set holders, of which there are roughly 100, get to mint first. And then it goes to public. You know, interestingly, there wasn't a great sign of price appreciation. There weren't any sales during that private sale portion. But as soon as it got to public, bought it almost instantly. Started selling around 0.3 ETH. Shot up after the first night to about an ETH. A large Korean collector group bought 26 of them. They tweeted about it as well. And then a couple of really influential folks bought some. Derek Edwards, Lemon to D, followed by... Views being included in the Flamingo Dow sweep that we're going to talk about in a little bit. So collection did really well. Congratulations to Delta Sauce. He's a member, actually, of Collector's Corner Premium. Awesome artist. And I just really love the art. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll throw it over to you. I mean, I, I can do my piece on the art afterwards. But, yeah, what are your thoughts, Jared? I will say I hold some for myself in the personal wallet and I hold some in the fund. Um, so this is... This is an amazing project, in my opinion. I think it hits on a lot of different uh, themes. You have the consistent theme, which is obviously views, reference to a window. But then the variations, whether it's like oceans, landscape, uh, urban. And then they even did the, like a, a variation of a rare trait called the facade. Where instead of looking out the window, you're looking at the window. And then just the the sheer genius of then integrating into certain things like uh, references. There's an ACK tribute piece. There's a Grant Yoon piece, other obviously notable artists, including some from the traditional art world. And this is, you know, so, so that's all amazing for collectability, but all of it ties back to this, uh, this theme that of relatable and something personal about Delta's work that I personally relate to. And I think that, you know, one of the things I've talked to a lot of collectors about this, both inside the art community, outside. I was just sharing a buddy, a buddy of mine who is more in the the PFP and or uh, family office realm has acquired five of them. I feel like people, when they look at it, just seem to relate to the art on a very deep level. And I think that there's something admirable about that. I think he's hit on something that's viscerally hard to do, but because he's you know, I've, I've talked to Delta a lot about this, but like he's a passionate individual. You know, it shows up in his work. And and I'm, yes, it got botted out in two minutes. Yes, there's some flippers at the floor, but man, I'm encouraged to see people paying up for pieces that resonate with them and holding on to them. So long-term, I'm very optimistic about the project. I can't say enough about Delta as an artist, um, having gotten to know him, but also just the art, man. I, I, I bought it. For my personal, because I plan on holding it for some time and they're pieces that I absolutely adore. So I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more on the art itself. I was really excited for this one. And full disclosure, I do hold a few. Don't hold this one, 
we talked about this one, Jerry. This is uh, perhaps one of my favorite. And I think he Your did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a good, good grab, Tyler. Uh, I think that the creativity in this is really cool to see and very much so in your face, right? In the sense that there's a lot of art that's made creatively, technically, or a lot of creative things are done to enable the art to be what it is. Um, in this case, the creativity is front and center and that through line is great and the settings are great. You know, I like space stuff like that one I, I showed. Um, so anything space I'm, I'm already into and it's just really, really great variety, but with that common theme. And I think it's easy for people to quickly relate to one or multiple of these. So I think it's a fantastic job. Well done. I think this collection has a really great future given, you know, just the way that it's making a lot of people feel and also the strength of the collectors. So congrats to Delta. Congrats to the Braindrops folks. Um, really looking forward to see where this goes and, and more of uh, what Delta Sauce has to share with us in the coming days and and months. And we'll we'll be chatting about him as well. The next release I wanted to talk about in lieu of Bitcoin really being in the narrative uh, is The Golden Ratio by Hardo and Vivid. Now, this is a collection that released on Ordinals two days ago. It was a, there's an allow list that was a mint price of 0.01 Bitcoin. And then there was a public that was 0.012 Bitcoin. And it's not exact, but you can think of uh, you know, 0.01 Bitcoin, about $440, also roughly 0.2 ETH. So just to translate that, and it's a cool concept. This art uh, is called the Golden Ratio, and it is really uh, utilizing all these various ratios, Fibonacci's, et cetera, in creating the art, which I think is a concept that resonates a lot with this crowd. Uh, but really, to me, you know, what's interesting, two things. One, I actually really like the art. Not every, not all the pieces, but a lot of them. And it does very much so remind me of generative art. It feels like a really well-done generative art collection. And I just don't see too many full collections on ordinals yet. You know, so far there are kind of like one of ones and additions, but not too many real collections that feel like a cohesive set. So I was intrigued by this one. And full disclosure, I did grab one. Um, floor price of this shot up to about 0 0.04 Bitcoin uh, and has since retraced uh, down to 0 0.027. And there's a decent amount of listings, you know, kind of in the 20%, 20% plus range. Uh, but I just think it's worth noting because this release sold out very quickly and it pumped. And yes, I know ordinals are hot and, you know, it, it's possible this is just hype, but I do think the art is good. And it's one of the few collections out there uh, from my research. Anyways, I'll, I'll pause there, Jared. I know you haven't looked into the ordinal site as deeply, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on this art specifically and uh, if you have any thoughts on ordinals more broadly. Ordinals more broadly, no. I I have not done my due diligence yet. I have not put my foot into the into the realm yet. But as you talked about, it's encouraging to see it be one of the the more cohesive collections on ordinals. I think it's foundational to where where it can be going, and I think that's encouraging. As far as the art, I'm not rushing to to pick it up anytime soon. But that being said, I I love the way. The marketplace is opening up across ordinals and other chains, you know, Solana and, and such. 
and and people will bring their attention to those chains. And you know, any the more eyes and the more exposure to art, I think the better long term. So I'm bullish on art. Well, then that dovetails very well into some other folks extremely bullish on art. Our first news story, Flamingo Dow sweeps. Now, this one shown on screen is only referencing their second sweep, but Jared, as we heard earlier, has a fairly comprehensive list. So why don't you start this off, Jared, and tell us what and happened. It's impossible to capture all of them, right? And you have some up on screen, some that I didn't even uh, capture, but you know, the, the ones that I wanted to highlight were Screens by Thomas Lynn Peterson, Drip Drop by Dave Krugman, Poggan and Bygan by Pindar Views, as we've talked about, Deep Black, which is more AI art, lots of Jack Butcher between Opepins and uh, Trademark, and uh, Cryptodes, uh, Sabotage by Kim Asendorfen and Trichromatic by MV. You can see this other stuff on screen. There's Entretiempos. Um, then they even went kind of like, I'll call it outside the art realm, and they started getting into some PFPs between uh beans azuki elements uh you know it was just it was just a, a very wide swath um i even like some of the the player sam spratt pieces that that got picked up but i just really 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 loved the fact that like they're deploying and they're deploying in such a convincing fashion a lot of smart people anybody who's not familiar flamingo's a, a collector now with a lot of big brains and early early investors so it's just it's cool to see where they went I think what's more intriguing, my biggest takeaway from this is they what floors filled in afterwards, right? I mean, I won't point which one's out, but I think that there's something like screens by TLP that hasn't had people backfill in light of like the 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 sweep. And the floors like really thinned out. I think that's encouraging overall. And I think that um I'm excited to see like what uh what long-term impacts this sweep has um curious to hear your thoughts because that's kind of some sentiment that i'm i'm trying to extrapolate and, and forecast a little bit yeah for sure so i think uh there's a few different levels we can look at this at and i'm going to start with the last thing you said that you, you and i had also been discussing off the record that the market didn't really follow like some collections didn't fill in or even had a couple sales. And, you know, I think Sam Spratt's uh, uh, Lucy edition, you didn't really see that fill in. Screens had a couple sales, so the floor went up. And other stuff, people jumped in and, you know, were hoping that they would have gotten that liquidity and now it's gone and who knows when they're going to get it yet. And I think the fact that you're seeing this relatively mixed reaction, it tells you two things. One, there are a decent amount of people who are still trying to get liquidity and don't believe that they'll have it anytime soon. So they, they want to get out, even from some top collections, as we've discussed. So, you know, certainly people are not fully ready to, they don't feel like they'll be able to get their liquidity back if they spend it at the moment, uh, which is a little bit more of the bear market vibes. And it, it's still there on the art side. And, uh, you know, I, I hear this in the discords too, not just seeing the stuff on chain. So people are still holding out. I think the art focused crowd is a little less degen, a little more skeptical, whereas the PFP crowd has been off to the races. And that has nothing to do with Flamingo Dow. So the other ways that I look at this is, well, what are they buying and what categories are they buying? 
Right. And I think that tells you what categories in general they are bullish on. And they tend to be buying the what they believe are the best assets or the most culturally relevant or the best art, however you want to put it, the best stuff is what they're buying. I mean, why why would they buy the second best within a category, right? So, uh, you know, you mentioned it, but just to kind of group them together, AI art, they're buying a lot of AI art. There's some older art blocks curated they have conviction in. There's some newer stuff, art blocks curated they have conviction in. Human Operator is an example. They bought a bunch of those. They are really going for this thesis of art with motion. Kim Asendorf's work in particular, they really love him. They got more cargos, up to like 60 cargos. Uh, and then they bought Sabotage. And uh, they also bought Phase by Lauren Bendar, an older art box curated. So, you know, they're they're really into that. And then a few artists that they're clearly into, Def Beef, Sam Spratt, Grant Yoon, they have the most likes. They bought about, I think, 15 Beef Prothcos. Uh, and uh, then there's some obvious stuff stuff that they bought you know like they bought uh meridian x copy people some of these i don't think are controversial at all uh, and uh, a few other things uh, but i also think that they dove into some cultural elements right like i don't know exactly how they see uh excuse me uh, jack butcher i see him as a mix of art and culture or art and really collectability uh, but certainly these pfps like cryptodes that feels very much like they, they think that this is culturally relevant to the NFT ecosystem. So, uh, you know, I kind of wonder, do they just have too much capital to deploy? So they have to go outside of art a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't really assess the market from that standpoint, since I don't have that much money to spend. Uh, well, it's but good to mention, like, we shouldn't copy trade, right? Like, th these are people splashing around large amounts of money. So if anybody thinks that this is indicative of what's going to run, you know, it will be some of it. But, uh, you know, please, 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 any listener, don't think just because Flamingo bought it that it's it's the next Fidenza, right? And, and not to come over the top and probably state in some stuff that's pretty obvious, but in in a time where we're backing up to what could be a euphoric period, you know, be patient, have a plan. We've talked about this before, and it's exciting to see. I'm just, you know, you again, we talked about it off camera, like what's going to be the catalyst to keep the flywheel spinning? Yeah, totally. I think that's right. And I, you know, I'm glad you bring it up because I think it's worth mentioning. Like Flamingo Dow buying should be one of many data points that tips you in the favor of purchasing something, especially if it's a lot of money. And if it's especially if it's money that you can't afford to lose, you know, you shouldn't do it, obviously. But, uh, you know, if you made up your mind to do it, like I, I you want a, a bunch of boxes checked off on your checklist. And, and this is just one of them. So, if you're unsure about something, maybe on the fence, and then Flamingo Dow buys it, maybe that that's enough of a signal to say, okay, like I'm into it. But they they have a lot of money, and they know that a lot of these are not going to work out financially. They are a collective Dow. They are trying to make money, uh, and one money making strategy is spray and pray. Uh, and I'm not saying that's exactly what they're doing, but in this market, things are unpredictable. So this is much more sort of like venture capital style investing uh, that happens. So I think they know. They're not going to all work out, but I'm sure some of them will since they bought stuff that is very, very quality. Um, let's move on to FX hash 2.0. So the much anticipated release of well, upgrade, I should say, that introduces Ethereum releases on FX hash was delayed due to technical issues. They wanted to make sure it was safe. So that is a very good reason to delay. It's now launching on the 14th of December. You can still take a look at 
everybody who is coming up, filter it by blockchain and storage type. You know, I, I think there was some disappointment around that, but also an understanding that, you know, better to do it right than do it wrong and have to fix it. Uh, and perhaps this has given some more artists a chance to load up and <laughs> just scrolling through this. It's a little overwhelming to see all the arts come out. Believe it or not, I've looked through all of them, or at least I did as of a few days ago. Uh, but yeah, Jared, I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, anything FX hash 2.0, the art, the new tech, whatever, wherever you want to take it. I, I would also mention that some of these are related to tender so when you flipped up the fx hash volume there's tender was topping it the tender pass you know like the ip sketch uh is related to it and a few others so you need that pass in order to to mint so it's probably why you're seeing the the rise up within that ecosystem but so i i like that how they're kind of partnered um you know i don't full disclosure own a tender pass so you know low said i don't get to mint them but i think it's cool that there's that that going on that being said, um, I was a little disappointed to see it push, uh, especially push last minute. I think it was like an hour before the official launch. But I, to your point, I do respect that. And as a a builder and a platform myself, you know, I I do think you need to do things right in in the interest of everybody. That being said, I think this gives us a little bit more time to to sit with the art, right, and and spend some time understanding where you potentially want to deploy your capital. You know, I, I fully intend to to buy a few of the projects. Um, there's a couple that stand out as exceptional, uh, in my opinion. And, and, you know, I plan on deploying uh, some money against it and, and seeing what happens. I'm, I'm excited for them. You know, we've stated it before. I'm curious to see what this does to the Tezos art system. But, you know, especially with the majority of people releasing on uh, ETH, you know, I'm curious to see what this is, but it's a free market and, and it's another data point for all of us when we collect, man. I I think this is a, a good move overall. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm curious to see what it means for the ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to see that these are priced really affordably. Nice to see a lot of new artists and some really fantastic art out here. And uh, I, I think it will be really interesting to see how it turns out, to your point, also with gas prices on ETH being pretty high. And I'm truly not sure if they're going to come back down. So hopefully they do for everyone's sake. Let's hit some great art at great prices. Part of the Flamingo Dow sweep. Yeah, it's almost like on cue that uh, this kind of fell back into it, it's flirting with our great art at great prices minimum. I think I'm actually a hair over, but damn it, I'm going to do it anyways. The first one is uh, 30 of these were swept by Flamingo and Trey Tiempos. Full disclosure, I own uh, a number of these in my personal wallet. I just really love it. You talk about art with motion. Marcelo did a phenomenal job uh, with this. And I think that if you're in the market for it, it's pretty thin up to half an ETH, and then afterwards it thickens up a little bit, but there's some really, really beautiful, and then if you prioritize this, rare pieces that are currently listed for under an ETH. Uh, and just overall, man, I, I think that this is a, uh, I think it's a beautiful project, and, you know, Marcelo does great work. I love the art, and, you know, again, I was I was happy to see this as part of the, the, uh, the sweep, for Flamingo, and as a result, you know, I thought, what better time now than to highlight it a little bit. 
Well, oh, another fun fact about these is it has an A side and a B side. I forget the actual keystroke to hit, but when you click into it, like you can hit, you know, if you go on Marcelo's website, it will tell you, you hit the the keystroke and it will actually do a whole nother design, the B side to it. So there's a really fun dynamic to this, honestly, that, um, that I think is a very little known fact and being the, the stewards of gen art that we are, damn it, we're going to, we're going to put it out there for everybody to know. I actually didn't know that about that collection about, so I'm glad you mentioned it. I, I'm not a holder of this one, uh, but uh, I do know that this is a beloved collection from early and I'm glad that it's getting some light on it. So people can go back and enjoy that. It's a little bit of nostalgia for me. It's one of the first collections that I went pretty hard on uh, and was like sorting through rarities. And I mean, there's so many different traits on this one. It's actually overwhelming. He, but... He's a great generative artist, great, great yeah. generative artist. So uh, not surprised that it, it drew you in. Uh, one art piece of art that drew me, and I know you all think I'm in an ordinals kick. And, you know, to some extent I am. I've been keeping my eye out over there to see what's nice. This collection is exhibition- it's called Perpetuals Volume 1 by a group called Quadrillion. And this is an edition by Delta Sauce, we mentioned earlier, from, with views. And I just really, really like this one. Full disclosure, I own a couple of them. And they're at 0 0.017 Bitcoin at the moment. That's uh, something like five $600, uh, and or perhaps a little bit more. Uh, and uh, these just... Remind me of my dream penthouse in New York City that I hope to have someday with a rooftop terrace. So I wanted to call this one out. This is also slightly above our great our great prices. And uh, I guess there's a theme for that because the last one that I wanted to point out is also right at that cusp with Tezos prices. I think it sneaks in under $500. It's September by Tolerate Boswell. And this is truly one of the top projects on Tezos. So for it to sneak into this range, I think is uh, actually an opportunity in addition to it being art that I, I personally love. Uh, this kind of like stained glass look and uh, th these I've always found extremely captivating. Do you uh, do you have any of these, Jared? I, I can't remember if you do. I don't. They they ran up before I could get to them. There's a few that I was late to and, and by the time it ran up, I, I just... Uh... Oh, I felt like all the good ones were taken in the moment. And I just haven't gone back to revisit the collection as frequently yep. as I should. Yeah, totally. And uh, you know, twenty uh, top twenty FX hash secondary volume. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just noticed it's, it's it's kind of funny. I feel like if you put three decimal places, you don't need to put the thousand anymore. But <laughs> um, let's go to some upcoming releases. I'll let you start off with this one, Jared. Yeah, you know me and my phonetics. I'll probably butcher this, but this is Nami Islands by Richard Nadler. Uh, following up on their previous verse release, I think there's going to be a lot of attention to this. You and I have spoken about this. I think that they are very attractive. I think in the progression of Richard's work, this is uh, definitely the next step to it. It's 128 pieces. It's a auction, traditional auction with rebate. So you just want to be in that top 128. Uh, coming up on December 14th. So this will probably be like right at or right before the next episode's released. So I wanted to get this one in there in advance, especially with the holidays coming up, people not uh, having a lot of time with it. But overall, I just think this is a really, again, released on verse on 1214. 
I think this is a really stunning follow-up, man. And I, I just really, really love the art. It's actually kind of a, seems like a different variation on Milk's recently uh, released uh, Wave project. Nami. I just think this is really dope. I think it's a beautiful project. I think, uh, you know, because it's an auction, it's going to go high. But 128 pieces gives me a little bit of conviction that there might be a, there might be an opportunity to snag it at a good price. But one of people's radar because Richard Nadler, for obvious reasons, is making waves. All pun intended on that one. And it's just uh, aesthetically very good art to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I find these to be quite nice. Um, like you said, a great progression of Yamabushi's Horizons, his previous collection. And, uh, you know, I, I really, really like the theme. I think we'll have to see how they all kind of look out there. I do have, uh, with this type of theme, uh, sometimes a question of variety, but they are really stunning. And uh, I think... I think it'll be interesting to see where the market's at with this one. And another thing I will say is this is really categorized as AI art. So it'll give us a sense of how people are feeling uh, about AI art to some extent. I mean, obviously the art itself matters and this is definitely going to be one of the grails right here. Yeah. The, the turtle. The pre yeah. Those turtles are dope. There's number 17 in the one that you're going through. I was just staring at on my screen, which is really beautiful. I think that the, the that's one of the things that I'm really interested about AI art is the progression of being able to, to get away from pre-curation, but that's a, a long form podcast one of these days on another topic. I won't go down that road quite yet. That is true. A truly generative, and there is that platform that's doing that, but yes, you're right. Okay. The second exciting upcoming drop I wanted to mention is Monster Soup by De Lucre. De Lucer. I, I truly have no idea how to say their name. I think it's French. I'm going to go with De Lucre's. De Lucre's. Um, but a couple of reasons I want to point this out. One, Dale Chris, great artist. If you're not familiar, check him out. Got kind of some glitch art with an, uh, a really interesting vibe, a little kind of pop arty, glitch arty. Uh, secondly, this is a release with iconic moments, and you get a hand signed and embossed print of this art, and they're all unique. One of one of four hundred, which seems like another artist that was traditionally not doing generative, you know, one of one of X releases is going that way. Not a lot of details out about this yet. I think they're coming soon. I do know that if you have the iconic moments pass, they have something called an art pass, it's like 0 0.08 ETH. That is going to get you at least access to an earlier round. Uh, I think in either direction, it's going to be oversubscribed. People are super excited about this one. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Jared. I'm not sure how closely you're tracking it. I'm not tracking this one, but I do love the artist. I have some of their early Tezos work. Um, really love the his story overall, which I won't get into. And love what he did with the open editions. Kind of like created that meta before it was the meta. So... I just look at it as like always uh, thinking ahead of the curve and it's a dynamic thinker, a little bit under the radar than I would have thought has an amazing project called monsters. Um, I just, I think that this, uh, th I'm really excited to see where this goes. Cause I think it could be really innovative. Yes. And I am excited to see more and more artists playing around with the one of one X concept. I think that, eventually uh depends on how difficult it becomes to do one of one of x's but i think we'll see more of those than pure editions even outside of code based gen art and ai 
Uh, so I think that'd be cool. But let's see. Last thing, a couple artists to highlight. We'll start with Delta Sauce. I'll go quickly first and throw it over to you. Uh, gotten a chance to know Delta Sauce. Really genuine person. Works really hard. Really enthusiastic um, here for the long haul. And fantastic to see his work progress. I, I've always gotten a sense of nostalgia from his pieces, which has drawn me in. I know not everyone feels that way, but it, uh, for me, that's the strong uh, pull. Uh, but overall, uh, excited to see where he goes with views and where he can take this. Yeah, I would, you know, because we have the the luxury of in Collector's Corner Premium being able to communicate directly with them. Just the one of the things I wanted to highlight on, in addition to his just like utter high bar of like being, you know, honorable in the space is his his desire to give back to other artists. So I think it's worth noting we talk about artists as collectors, but he's taking some of his profits, a substantial chunk, and reinvesting it back into other artists from views. I think that that's again really honorable I, I think it's something that of course he's getting art out of it but you know to to have a system that's um you know really propped up by it and he does a great job highlighting some of these artists and art in his twitter timeline but anyways congrats on an amazing uh drop that is views congrats on being able to connect with people's heartstrings and invoke emotion i, I think that at its core, that's what art is supposed to be. And at its core, you know, having uh, connections to each of those pieces is important. So um, his art is all over the place, meaning it's like he's been really good about getting his art into different crowds. But So if you're interested in it, we can help you navigate maybe some of those different corners. But, uh, you know, Delta has a website that lists all of it. And that's a, a great reference for anybody looking to take a deeper dive into his art. Fantastic. And I love when artists help organize the stuff. It makes it so much easier to see the progression, find older stuff, et cetera, et cetera. We'll end it with Martin Grosser. And uh, actually, Jared, maybe you start off with Martin. I can close it out. Yeah, Martin came to, to mind for us this week, uh, largely because of a post that Lamont TD, also known as DD, had uh, for a physical piece that Martin did for him. I think it's uh, indicative of just like that that beautiful uh, relationship between artists and collectors inside the digital space, outside the digital space. But it really invoked, uh, I had some really great conversations with Martin in at the Art Blocks house, actually, in Marfa. And the way he's thinking about it, and so he kind of shed light on some of the projects that uh, he's working on or, or at the forefront. I got really invigorated just listening to him because, you know, similar to themes and variations, like, it, it it creates he, he's really great at invoking uh, enthusiasm and, and really bringing some beauty in what I would consider simplicity uh, again whether it's um, squares or themes and variations I, I just think Martin's a very talented individual and you know I'm, I'm excited I'm excited for what the future holds and even if only a fraction of what he discussed with me comes to to be public I'm I'm excited for for the future of him and and uh, it's cool to see what he's doing overall. I just uh, I absolutely adore what Martin does and uh, I guess I'm just rambling again, which is the theme of the episode today. But uh, his his work is very dynamic in a very relatable way. Yeah, and I, I got 
a chance to speak to Martin quite a bit and just a couple notes. Uh, your point about simplicity, like that is the goal. He's famous uh, for having created the old logo of Twitter. And that was the point is to really minimalist. And he works really hard to do that. And in general, he, he just works incredibly hard. So I'm glad to see the success he's had. And, you know, he really cares about the space. So really happy to highlight him and see him continue to release great works. He's going to be part of a bright moments Paris. So excited to see that for him as well. And with that, we'll end the show. Thank you, Jared, as always. Thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed this, please give us a like a follow and a retweet and uh, tune in. And share time. it. Gosh, darn it. You know what? Like share it, retweet it, send it to somebody who might actually care. Send it to any art lover. Um, you know, P's out here doing some great work with Collector's Corner. I'm purely the uh, the pretty face. He's the brains behind it. And, uh, you know, you're putting in a lot of the good work here. You know, going into the holidays, we'll go every other week as we've been doing. But, you know, please feel free to talk about some art. We're here to help each and every one of you in that journey. I actually just got a DM while we were, uh, while we're on air. So we're here to help you. Please reach out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.